Welcome to Hollywood vs. Holiness. I am David O'Gray. And I'm Janique Stewart. And in Hollywood vs. Holiness, this is where we talk about the things that we like coming out of Hollywood film and culture and commercials. Pretty much just, just the worldview. We take a look at that from a Christian perspective. And we always like to start off every show about talking about what we like this week. So we're going to do that. Also, we're going to talk about who we thought just completely won the internet this week. So we're going to review a tweet that we liked. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to start, we're going to do this in a two-part review. We're going to look at the season finale of This Is Us. So we're going to look at the first part today that we want to comment on, and then we'll come back in our next segment, and we're going to talk about another aspect of it. But we like to start off every show talking about what we liked and what we didn't like. So what did you like this week, Janique? So my like is a new movie that was released in theaters called Dream Horse. Horse. And it is a wonderful movie that is very family friendly, but it has really great themes of, of coming together as a community, of working hard, of hope, most importantly, hope, um, and of being able to overcome hardship. I need something to look forward to when I get up in the morning. I'm going to breed a racehorse. Absolute madness. He's normally wealthy professionals who are going for this kind of thing. There's ways of doing these things, isn't there? 20 people in the village put in a tenner a week for two years. No! Oh, God, he's gorgeous, isn't he? He needs a name. What about Dream Alliance? It's our dream, and we're all in it together, so Dream Alliance. Dream Alliance! Dream Alliance! So the, the storyline is it's a, it's a little small town, and essentially, this lady, her name is Jan, she... Jan, like Janique, I kind of get excited about that. That's Jan, like Janique. <laughs> she actually has two jobs trying to make ends meet for her and her husband. Okay. And long story short, I'm going to try and keep this as short and succinct. She overhears another gentleman at this bar that basically is talking about how he used to have a horse and made a lot of money by racing it. So a racehorse, essentially. So she overhears it, but then she starts thinking, wait a minute, I want something to wake up. Uh, you know, I want to wake up and, and have hope. I, I want to wake up and feel like I have something to live for. So mm -hmm. she decides to uh, let the town know that, you know what, we're going to breed a racehorse, but it's not going to be my racehorse. It's going to be our Oh. So it, yes, in fact, members of the community, I think she suggests that it's like 20 people would give so much every week or every month, and they would essentially, everyone would have a stake in this horse, because of course they have to breed it. So they, they breed this horse, um, and the horse that is bred then is Dream Alliance is the name of this horse. Okay. So they buy into this syndicate, and... Now you see this horse growing in one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when they do an ultrasound okay. because obviously they are breeding a horse. So they don't own the horse that's pregnant. They own the horse that is going to be born and you see an ultrasound of the foal. And what's really interesting is they're not referring to it as, well, that's a blob of tissue. Well, we don't really know what we're looking at on this ultrasound. They knew exactly what they were looking at and they referred to it. You know, this, they knew it was a horse, but it was an ultrasound, just like a human ultrasound. And you see the little horse moving it. So it was so, so sweet. But 
you also then see that after the horse is born, you know, that's when they name it Dream Alliance. And Dream represents that they have a dream that they're fighting for, but Alliance, because it belongs to the community, they all have mm-hmm. a stake in it. Mm-hmm. And you get to see then as the horse is trained, and then there's an injury with the horse. And essentially, you get to see what happens with that. But it really is a very family friendly, hope filled. But there, there are some difficult scenes where you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, you're kind of on the edge of your seat, not like a thriller or anything or like an action adventure. But because the horse does have an injury, you are wondering, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? And your heart goes out to them. Yeah, the community. Yeah. But it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. So I would encourage everyone to go see it. So, again, it's called Dream Horse. And it's all about Dream Alliance. And there's two main actors that most people would probably recognize tony collette who plays the lead jan okay. folks and then damian lewis who is from i think he played in a show called the homeland the homeland oh, with yeah, Eric yeah. Ames and a, a show called uh billions with paul giamatti so okay. yeah so that is my life and what is yours david but let me ask before we get to mine i didn't I mean, are you like an animal person? Because this is the first time I'm hearing like a review of like a movie with animals in it. Are you like, do you, are you? Love. Let me tell you, I am waiting right now. I can't wait for Peter Rabbit 2 to come out. Okay? <laughs> I love, I'm serious. I love, love, love animals. Love animals. And now this, in this movie, you don't have to be a horse lover or an animal lover. It's just a really good storyline with a family, with hope, with an entire community. But of course, I would think that you would have a love for this horse and the horses. And it's just, it's so beautiful. But yes, I am very much animal lover. Trust me, if I had my way, I would have multiple dogs. I'd have rabbits. I'd have a miniature horse and a miniature billy goat. Yes. Wow. See, that's amazing because as long as you and I have been friends, I've never seen you post any like cat videos on your Facebook. No, I don't. <laughs> no, because to me, <laughs> I don't use social media to post <laughs> oh, okay. to post okay. videos of cats and dogs doing things. I get that that's for some people, but that's not what I, to me, that's more like what TikTok is for. So what I liked was a movie on Amazon Prime. It's called Coming to America 2. Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. Oh, hell no, your majesty. Come on. I'm back. Say it again. Oh, okay. Now, I know a lot of people have seen this already. It's been out for a while. Um, but I... But a lot of people, I don't know if you know, a lot of people have like mixed reviews about it because some people, I think their expectations were, because we waited so long for part two, right? Maybe like 20 years or so. And so some people's expectations weren't met. I just want to comment on what I liked about it because I, I thought it was uh, it was well worth the wait because I, a lot of times I don't think you need a part two of a movie. I really don't. Sometimes the sequel just doesn't work. You know, so, sometimes sequels just aren't, 
I don't, I don't, I don't like sequels a lot of times anyway, right? I don't even like recycling relationships when I was single. I, you know, part one was enough. We don't need to do this again, right? Um, <laughs> and so, um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's the same with sequels. So very rarely does part two work out, right? Like Grease Lightning two or Grease two. That didn't work. Grease was enough. So, but coming to America too, I like that because I think what they did right. Was I don't think the story was that incredibly original. It was still the same concept about there's an arranged marriage and that doesn't work out. The man has to choose his own wife. That whole that whole thing, same story, but so not incredibly original. Some good additions with some new characters with Wesley Snipes. I thought he was a great insertion into the whole story. But what they did excellent was they took everything we liked about coming to America one. And they brought into Coming America 2. A lot of the same characters with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall playing the same people in the barber shop. Um, some of the same people from the from the uh, the talent show in that church came over. A famine and blood diamonds. Nelson Mandela and Winnie. Those hungry babies with the flies on the face. Hey, oh, 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 that's too much. Now you stepped over the line. You're going to have to get out of my chair. Politically incorrect. So what you doing back here, Hotel Rwanda? <laughs> I'm back. Say it again. And so that's what I, and not honestly, I would, I haven't watched it again, but I would. And oh, that's, really? that's when I know I like a movie if I will watch it twice. So. Wow. I remember seeing the first one but i don't really remember very very much about it um i mean i know that i saw it i just don't really remember that much about it and i just haven't even thought about seeing the second one but i'll have to watch it if you say that it's really good i'll have to watch it so okay don't don't sue me if you don't like it okay <laughs> no problem no problem at all all right so janique and i thought we thought we would add a new segment to the show and we don't have a name for it yet, but if you have a name for it, just please let us know. But it's basically who we thought won social media for the week. And so our winner for this week is KMommy2. You can find her on Twitter at, at J-A-C-E-L-A-L-A. That is J-A-C-E-L-A-L-A. That's KMommy2. And so she posted on her Twitter account um, a tweet that said, Don't date a man with a porn addiction. And don't date a woman with an OnlyFans account, which I thought was great when I saw it. It came across the Twitter, and I was like, well, wait, well, and the thing I comment, I say, hey, don't, well, um, you add, how do you know when a man has a porn addiction? Because I thought she made a great point that a woman shouldn't date one, but how how does she know? Which I added. And then, Janique, I saw you came on later, you made a comment as well. Yes, because I thought that your question was, was quite apropos. You said in your next tweet... Uh, tell women how to find out if a man has a porn addiction, you know, because I think that is important. How would someone necessarily know that um, if they don't already know? Because that is a very important point. Then we saw there were, you know, other people commenting and most people liked her tweet. Um, I mean, in fact, at that point, she already had like over 2000 likes for it. Oh, wow. So then there was another uh, young man who said, well, I must disagree. Perhaps instead date a man with a porn addiction to help him lead a life of virtue and date a woman with an OnlyFans account to help her lead a life of virtue. And I thought, okay, I, again, 
I appreciate his heart and I think he was coming from a place of wanting to encourage people. That's what I assumed. But I did reply something to the effect of, you know, again, I, I appreciate your heart. However, the purpose of dating and subsequent marriage is not to fix people or rehab. That That's not what marriage is. Marriage is not a rehab. You're not there to rehab them. And so that's part of the problem that this porn is a very serious issue in our society today. And yeah. if we look at it, and so is the breakdown of marriage, because yeah. I think we have the wrong view. And if you go into relationships and if you go into marriage thinking that it's to fix people and that it's all about rehab, well, that's that's the wrong perspective. I mean, if you want to fix something, okay, take on a project. I think a lot of people think dating is, hey, I'm going to take on a project. Well, that's what sewing is for. That's what I did during COVID. I learned how to sew. Okay, so if you wanted to, if you want to take on a project, you don't take a human being on as a project. That's not what we're for. And that certainly isn't what dating is for. And that's not what marriage is for. And again, her key thing was don't date a man. She didn't say don't date someone who has overcome that. It right. seemed to me that that was more uh, present tense versus past tense, like as if that person had been delivered. Because I believe that, hey, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. I do not believe the mantra that once an addict, always an addict. I believe that Jesus Christ is powerful and he can deliver you of any addiction. Yeah. And so, again, this isn't looking down upon people who who have an addiction. This is, you know what? They're not in a healthy place. Exactly. Now, exactly. I have a question for you. And I, because I want you to consider this. And I, I want you to be very honest because you have two daughters, correct? Four. Four daughters. Okay. Yeah. So you have four daughters. So here's my question for you. <laughs> if you're, and this is what I want people to think about before they start trying to defend dating people who are in an unhealthy state. Because in my opinion, the purpose of a, a relationship that in marriage, you know, obviously that relationship should, I think most people are hoping it will lead to marriage. And most people who are getting ready to walk down the aisle want that to be for a lifetime. So they're expecting, there's an expectation that you're bringing your best, not your worst. Right. Now, my question to you is, as a father, if your daughters were dating someone and they said, dad, I'm so in love and I want you to meet this guy that I'm dating. And you said, great, tell me about him. And they said, oh, well, actually he's a drug addict or he's an alcoholic. My question is, would you endorse your daughter? Would you endorse him for your daughter? Even if you knew him and you thought he was a great guy, but he did happen to be a present alcoholic or a present drug addict, would you endorse him for any of your daughters? Absolutely not. I mean, for the aforementioned reasons you said, they're just not ready. They're not in the, in the physical, spiritual, mental position to be in in a relationship just just not just not healthy and i and, and i think there's a balance i think people some people want to enter in dating and they want somebody that's that's cable ready you know or um something is just uh, the package is just there and ready to go I, you know I, sometimes that's not a reasonable expectation in in some ways because we're all working on our own on different aspects of our lives you know through god's grace we're, mm -hmm. we're all pursuing holiness but there's just some issues that just disqualifies people from relationship and for the moment, mm -hmm. for the moment right and, and definitely you mentioned a couple of them I, uh, uh, um, 
abuses of the body, abuses of um, self, and just grave sins. I mean, masturbation. People just don't. Guys are just watching porn. Guys are watching porn to masturbate, and and so just that right there disqualifies you. That habit right there just disqualifies you from being able to enter into a healthy relationship at the moment because you're not valuing yourself. You're not valuing woman correctly and you're not using your body as God called you to use your body. So just to just, just jump into relationship in that, that condition is not where you want to be as a man. So you cannot put, you not again, put a woman up in that position. Because God cannot deliver. They have not, they have not prioritized health right. and being in a healthy state for a marriage or right. for that relationship. And so again, the key thing is if they're presently struggling with those things, they need to get help. In fact, we would never say to someone who is addicted to alcohol or addicted to drugs, we would never in a million years, I don't know a single parent that would endorse their child, male or female, dating someone in that current state. But yet we somehow think that porn addiction is different. It isn't. In fact, one could make a case that porn addiction is actually more serious because you see when people drink or if they are taking drugs or whatever the case may be with those kinds of addictions, when you take those things, you're only impacting your individual body. You're not really impacting the other spouse's body. However, think about as marriage, when you're married, God calls the two of you to become one. Right. And, and how do you have that communion of the two of them is through the sexual union. Yeah. Not a drug union, not a drinking union. It is through a sexual union. And so that means that person is going to take their pornified reality and now they're going to act out those pornified fantasies on your daughter or your son. So I think we forget how serious porn addiction is. Never mind how people want to act it out, even in, in our society and the yeah. dangers of that addiction right. long term. But we know how it leads to people objectifying women and children and seeing them solely as an object of their sexual pleasure and desire rather than seeing them as a whole individual. It truly hurts the way people view the other person. And again, there that means that sexual component is broken and is very unhealthy. And that sexual component in marriage is the key that's supposed to hold those two together. So yeah. that's why for me, is very serious and i think people have to understand it and i would hope that they would want the best for one another yeah yeah and speaking of a person who just <laughs> has been unhealthy in a lot of ways with alcohol and <laughs> has has he has some relationship issues because of his excesses um is kevin from this is us yeah and so <laughs> i want to talk about that janique and get your thoughts because <clears throat> this is our season finale. There's a lot going on in the season finale. I mean, you have the whole Toby and Kate issue. We know that they're going to get a divorce in the future. We see who's Kate's, her future husband is. There's some tension relationship about, about income there. So that's the whole issue. You got Rando and his mom, Rebecca, some tension there or some issues there because um, Rando went to go see where his birth mom 
Mm-hmm. Get some information about her, and so Rebecca feels weird about that. There's Deja and Malik, that that boyfriend girlfriend relationship, and he's going to Harvard, going away. There's Uncle Nicky, his failed relationship. He's abusing people verbally because you know he lost the love of his life. There, then there's um, Tess yes. and and um, her daughter. Um, no, Tess and yes. um, Beth. Beth, Tess is the girl. Beth is the mom. There's, you know, she's, I know we're going to talk about that next week because um, Beth is all over the place with her daughter. She's not prioritizing God. You just want, anyway, we're going to talk about that next week. But Kevin and Madison. So, so here they are. They've, They've done things completely disordered. They've had some sort of recreational sex, which led to children. Um, Madison wanted to raise the children by herself. Kevin wants to be a dad and he just wants to make this work and he wants to get married. And I completely identify with Kevin because there I was in college. I think I'm a sophomore doing things out of order with the woman who I eventually married. Um, we had a kid in college and then we had another one after she got out of college. I think I was, yeah, I was out of college as well. And so I was like, because that just wasn't how I was raised. But so that anyway, so here I was, not not how I was raised. And my thoughts was like, I just wanna do the right thing, right? And get married and give my could get kids a good home and have a stable situation with a mom and a dad. I didn't want to do the cohabitation thing anymore. I don't know if I ever I never really believed in the like the emotion of love type of thing. I think love is always new. Love is a decision that you make. I think the emotion is there is fine, but it's ultimately a decision that you make to sacrifice for this person for the rest of your life. And so, and I made a conscious decision to do that. Okay, we're going to get married, and and so I identify with Kevin in that way. Um, but Madison wasn't going for it at all because I think she wanted the. She seen that she wanted the. Maybe the however she was raised, she has some trauma when she's a kid, and her expectation was to have a different type of relationship, a different type of love, and she wasn't getting that from Kevin. So uh, there was a, a few things to comment on there, um, obviously. And so I want to get your feedback on that because that's, that's where I was at when I was watching it. So yeah, I identify with Kevin. I see where Madison is coming from, um, and I don't know what's going to happen in the future with this relationship. So we'll see. I. I wasn't sure if Kevin was trying to push forward because he had other failed relationships. And sometimes people come to a point where they're thinking, you know, I should just, you know, just kind of bite the bullet and just, just take this and just make it work. I didn't know if that was his mindset is it's just important that I just make this work. Plus now that they have children involved, if again, he was, we just have to make this work. Mm-hmm. Now, I do agree that ultimately love is a choice. It truly is a choice. And so even when thinking of arranged marriages in the Bible, the yeah. arranged marriages did last until death do we part. Yeah. Number one, they didn't have the expectation that you have to be in love, but there were also principles of virtue and commitment. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder if she is questioning whether or not Kevin would be faithful, if he would remain committed, if he was not in love with her, because that's what she actually said when she shows up that scene where she knocks on the door 
and he opens and he's like, oh, am I supposed to see you right now in your wedding, you know, in your wedding gown? But you could see on her face that this was not, oh, I just wanted to see you. You know, that's not what it was. She wanted yeah. to have the talk with him yeah. because now she was, she, you could see it. And this wasn't the only time, like even before she was questioning, does he love me though? Is he in love with me? And that's what she actually says to him in that conversation is, I want someone who loves me. I feel like I'm worthy of that, who's in love with me. And yeah. he could not say it. He could not say that he was in love with her. Right. And of course, he didn't want to, I think, break her heart and say, I'm not in love with you. So it's almost as if he chose to avoid even addressing that he just said but we can grow you know our family can grow into this yeah, and we can yeah. make it work yeah. but i think people do have to i think that that's a fair question that she had to consider is is he going to be faithful to me because he's had a track record of a lot of things in his past <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying so it's not as if she was being unreasonable mm -hmm. that she wanted someone because again i think the issue is is he really going to be fully committed because marriage is a covenant, David. I mean, yeah. you know, you're married. Marriage is a covenant that is not, it's different than living together. It's yeah. different than dating. It's even different than the engagement process. It is a covenant that God expects that it's man, it's one man, one woman yeah. in a one flesh union for one lifetime. That is the expectation. And again, it's a covenant. Covenant is so much more than just well, you know, it's just marriage is a piece of paper. Our society, in my opinion, they don't understand the significance and the permanency of what marriage is supposed to be. The right. marital covenant is not just a piece of paper. It is so much more. And we're bound to that not only legally, but even in God's eyes, you're bound by that covenant. So we do have to ask, are people entering into marriage too lightly? Second, are people exiting that covenant lightly? Mm -hmm. And do they even understand, even before they enter into that marital covenant, do they understand what those vows actually mean? When you say through good times and bad, through sickness and in health, forsaking all others until death do we part. I'm not sure if she was fully sure and had the resolve in her heart that he was going to be there and forsake all others. I'm not sure if she thought he was mm. going to be faithful. Mm. I'm not sure if she thought he was going to be in it for the long haul. And so I don't think she wanted just romantic feelings of, oh, I just want him to be in love with me because it feels great. Mm. I believe she was questioning his level of commitment. What do mm -hmm. you think? Yeah, because then because she has that moment when she's looking at a recording. I think this is from the previous episode. She's looking at a recording from her her um, her bridal shower, uh -huh. and they ask Kevin, "How do you see your future?" Uh -huh. And he isn't really able to answer that question about you know because he does. He says, "Oh, I don't want to grow old." But maybe so. In 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 the show, intentionally has her look at that recording a couple of times, so she's struggling probably with his level of commitment from, from Kevin's perspective, he so much wants to emulate his father and he wants to I'm so sorry, much, emulate, he, what? he so much wants to emulate his father and his mother's relationship. Mm -hmm. And he wants to imitate um, Randall, his brother's relationship. I mean, he sees healthy marriages and he, I mean, he desires so much 
to emulate that. But like you said, he's had failures um, a number of times getting there. So, uh, so I think yeah, I think it's a reasonable concern. But I do believe that he was going to try his hardest. Maybe they're going to work something out in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I guess we're going to see in future episodes how this whole thing so turns out. Question: Do you believe that he would have remained faithful to her? I have a reason to believe that because because okay. mm-hmm. he had a number of contacts with his exes before this day. Um, very recently, he had contact with Sophie, who was the love of his life, uh-huh. and he deleted her name out of his phone because she <laughs> called true. him. She called him and she wanted to have a conversation. Congratulations. And they ended the conversation abruptly, kind of like, I call you back. But he cut that off. He uh-huh. erased her from his phone. Uh-huh. And so whenever I see that from a man just willing to just not go back into his past because men struggle with that. Men struggle with, I'm going to say, oh man, I'm just speaking generally a man. But you know, sometimes men struggle with their past and regrets and trying to recycle things from the past. But just so to show that determination to move forward with horse blinders on, that's a a sign of character for a man to cut off other women, especially especially for him, Sophie, the love of his life. So that, that showed commitment to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, you made a good case. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing that I thought was very interesting, though, in this episode is we clearly see that now, I mean, in fact, the final scene is foreshadowing of what happens with Kate. And you see that, I mean, it is a foreshadowing of her wedding in her next wedding it's not renewing vows because now you actually see who the groom is that she's marrying which again raises the question of commitment because Mm. what happened between kate and toby now they loved each other enough to enter into the marital covenant so what happened that they made a conscious decision one of them did or both to check out of that covenant and therein lies the problem that we think we can just jump into a covenant and then we can check out when, when things aren't going our way, yeah. when the, the hard times come. Yeah. So, and they have, kids. They have a child of their own. I think they have an adopted child. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen to that. Is Toby, I don't know. They, I don't know if they tell us much about Toby. Is Toby just, did he move on? Is this divorce or is this death? Is she a widow? Well, I think we'll probably see that in the next season because yeah. we do know that Kate is marrying, I guess it is her employer, one of her employers. It's her boss because we see that in this episode, she gets the job. And then she wants to quit because Toby is going to take a job that would take him out of the state or out out of the city for Mm -hmm. at least three days. So he would not even be home for at least three days during the week. So he takes that job and now she feels pressure to quit her job so that she can be there for the kids. And then you see that boss that she ends up marrying later on. You see him saying, I I reject your, your letter of resignation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. But he doesn't allow her to quit. But yeah. of course, I never thought that she would end up marrying him. But as no. we see at the very end, that's that final scene. We see that she's going to marry him. So. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be interesting. Uh-huh. So I'm looking forward to what you um, what you want to comment on next week with the whole um, Tess and Beth situation. So I'm looking forward to your commentary yes. there. Yes. 
So everyone, we want to thank you as always for, for joining us and for watching Hollywood versus Holiness. And if you have a show that you want us to watch or you want us to, to do a review on, or maybe it's something on social media that you've seen, or maybe it's a commercial, um, the next time that we get together, obviously we're going to be talking about this is part, this is us part two, and we're going to be talking about tests and the whole LGBTQ plus storyline that they have going on and how the, the parents reaction, but more importantly, what is Hollywood ultimately trying to do with the storyline, especially with this month, they refer to as pride month or LGBTQ plus month. But the reality is, is every month is a month that ultimately belongs to God. It's in the year of our Lord, not in the year of pride or anything else. So ultimately, uh, this month is not does not belong to anyone. And mm. we are to always stand for truth. And that's what we're going to do is we're actually going to look at truth and speak the truth in love. But we are going to do a little breakdown of what's actually going on in Hollywood right now. Yep, looking forward to that. Until then, we'll see you next time. See you next time. You see what I did to my fingers? You can't see. You see that? You probably can see it on this one right here. Yeah, what happened? I completely burned my fingertips oh. off. Yeah, because I, I was mowing the lawn and the lawnmower was making this weird sound. So, my stupid butt. I touched the part of the lawnmower that says, don't touch, don't put your hand here. Oh my God. It says, don't put your hand here, right? And so, <laughs> and then it like burnt my fingertips off. It was crazy. So what do you have on them right now? Well, I did have gauze and tape, but I took it off just for, you know, because I don't want to. So does that mean that they cannot detect you now with fingerprints? As long as I use my left hand in the crime. Now, how so many fingers are just in the three. those three? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You could be on, like, Mission Impossible, like the next one. With Tom Cruise. Because <laughs> there are all these different things like that where they hide fingerprints. And I've always yeah. wondered about that. But I guess that there is a condition where it's literally less than, like, not even half of 1%. I mean, it, it's so small. There's a very small minute of people that do not have fingerprints. It's a disorder that you can wow. develop. You do not have fingerprints, but it's very, very, very genetically rare. But it's something that happens. It's a it's a medical condition. So, yep, they can commit crimes and no one can track them down. But not that you're going to. We we know you're pro life. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we don't abort those people just because they don't have fingerprints. Right, right. Yeah, if we could, yeah. we could detect that in the womb, then Planned Parenthood would probably suggest. Right, that. right, right. Oh, yeah. Janique, I forgot to tell you this. Um, knock, knock. Who's there? Avenue. Oh, gosh. Avenue who? <laughs> Avenue who knocked on your door before. That's why I knocked. Oh, my God. <laughs>